Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. tonight as we start this discussion my wife and I has been <laughs> been talking about this it's like we got to make sure we put the disclaimers out <laughs> because w- I was expecting responses but I didn't know that it was going to blow up and we'd have a lot of responses so we, we're having to roll this into two weeks now next Wednesday night is our first Wednesday encounter service just for warning uh, because there's no holes barred so uh, we'll be going after it again. I'm excited what God's been doing in our encounter services. Been very powerful. Um, just feel just feel a freedom um, that's going on. I heard a testimony uh, just a while ago. Actually, I think I heard it in our staff when we have our staff meetings uh, on Mondays. We always come right out of this room after we've interceded and touched every seat and declared. Uh, God give us a burden for lost souls and then for revival. And praying over all your needs and things, and we go right into to staff meeting and, and we begin to open up with a devo and go right into testimonies of what God is doing. And we're hearing such incredible things. And everyone across the room from LTY with uh, with Sarah, uh, excuse me, with Tyler and Katie to to Sarah and LTK. Um, and all the way, I mean, it's just amazing the stories of a breakthrough that's happening because here's the thing. I want to start, it, it's great to hear those testimonies and how powerful of, uh, of what God's doing in your lives that really makes us understand. This is why we do this. We don't do this for services. It's great. We gather because of the people that God's called us to, but it's just the testimonies. But as we were talking <laughs> to this afternoon, it was like, okay, we're probably going to miss some type of disclaimer, but we want to be humble, open, and transparent to a certain degree. So if your kids are in here, you might want to take them to kids' church. We laugh, but then let's be, be real about it. <laughs> if you got your kids in here, you might want to put... We're not... Okay, it's not going to be that bad, but we're going to be open and honest, all right? Um, a lot of the stuff that we face personally in our, in our marriage and relationship and things that we walk through together in ministry, um, because it's, it's a team... Um, I would not be where I'm at without my wife in any facet. I would probably be in a, in a ditch dead uh, because I probably wouldn't have came back to church without her. And honestly, without my mother-in-law, she's not in here, I don't think. Uh, but it was just what we walked through earlier in our marriage, we should have been divorced and we should have been, I would have been dead. So I would just say that I feel like that would probably be safe to say. But God had an amazing plan um, that he's continuing to unfold in our lives so, um, and in case you can't tell, I'm an extrovert. I know that's hard, but I'm an extrovert. She's the opposite of that. She's an introvert. Opposites attract until they don't, so we'll just leave that alone. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the disclaimers, these are things that we're going to talk about tonight that have 
we have experienced, and some of you have walked through much, much more, okay? So I'm not, I'm not trying to say, we're learn-it-all. We're not a, we're not a know-it-all. We're learning, and we're open. You can learn something from everybody. I don't care who it is, a baby all the way up to the oldest of the old that may have no education at all. You can learn, and it's important that you always stay in that state of learning. So um, anyway, um, I think we, we really got a lot of responses because they knew that Crystal was going to be speaking tonight. So anyway, any of the, uh, like I said, the things that we're doing, what we feel in our heart, because some of the questions, we're going to try to answer every one of the questions, but in the format of what uh, we feel are, is important to the, to the believer, which is first and foremost, the covenant, all right? There's so many relationships that give up because they don't understand covenant. What if Jesus would have gave up? and said, this is too hard, I can't do it, and walked away from it. He did not. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He could see the glory. He, could, he knew that getting through this place, that, or getting through that place that he was in, that, that it was going to bring about such victory. So, um, you know, covenant is so powerful. Pastor is going to be talking about that in the next few weeks, so I would be, I'd want to be here to hear that. But covenant is so valuable. Most people go into marriage without knowing what covenant means. Um, and uh, when they stand before a pastor, they say a few things, and, and we believe in marriage, by the way. I, I don't believe that you should just be together. You, if, you're, if you're called, get married, put a ring on it, get married, um, because there is a blessing you tap into because it's done the way God desires it, and so there is a covenant blessing that comes upon marriage, and, um, and, and, and covenant, when, I, when you stand before a pastor or a justice of the peace, the words that are declared over you, it's not just a sweet ceremony, but there is so much weight being carried in that moment, and there is a spiritual union that takes place. Let me just tell you that you don't complete your spouse. I'm getting ahead of myself, ain't I? All right, I'll stop. <laughs> you don't complete your spouse. God completes you both, all right? Let's just say that. God completes you both. So anyway, all right. The questions were awesome. Very deep, some not so much. I think it was just a joke with some, and I'll take that. No, I'll take that. We're answering them all. Yes, down to what is our favorite color. So anyway, um, but as just for a moment, I do want to discuss, uh, in short, covenant because husbands, you are the covenant. You are the covering over your home. Um, well, my wife is the most spiritual. That's not the way God intended it. It's, it's, that's a weight she was never intended to carry. Now, it's not to say that, you know, God pulled, I've always said this, that God pulled, um, he pulled Eve from Adam's side, not his backside. Okay, she walk, we walk alongside of each other. I've always said that I pray for wisdom, and it seems like she gets it. So I have to tap in. I just have to really, Crystal, talk to me about wisdom or talk to me about the situation. So I'll, I, I'm the one I externally process in case you haven't noticed. She internally processes. And so um, there, there's, a, there's our union and what God gives. Like I'll pray for wisdom. He gives it to both of us. But uh, the things that she speaks into the situations that we face a lot of times, whether it's in the church um, or just personally what we're going through is, is there. But that, that covenant that you walk into whenever you get married, um, it provides a covering. And, and, and for, for us men, as we, 
That's why it's important. I don't care if it's 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes. I believe that it grows over time as you get to grow in your relationship with the Lord. But, but prayer, um, learning how to communicate with the Lord and listen to his voice so you can direct your household because you're pastoring your family. You're really taking care of them. Uh, I have failed at that a lot. I'll just be honest with you. I have. I've missed that a lot, and she's really good to let me know. Um, and, but but it's, it's something of learning how to balance life because nobody, I mean, I, I had a spiritual father that talked to me a lot about that, um, but, but you just don't know until you step into it. You have to learn. If you don't do it, nobody else is going to. So uh, learning how to become a covering over your home, learning how to pray, learning how to seek God, learning how to raise your children. Everybody's got their own methods. Everyone's got their own ways that they do things. Your format may not fit ours. So again, the disclaimer is in this whole thing, what we do may not work for you, but we feel like it's uh, something to pay attention to. So know that, men, you are the covering over your home. You are, regardless, whatever spiritual direction that is, you're leading it. Know that. So anyway, um, we, I'm going to jump right into questions, and we're going to, hopefully they're on the side screens here, but we'll just go right into the first one here, and it says in your experience, do we have it? Please go, yeah, all right. In your experience, what are some common challenges that couples face in their relationships, and how do you help them to overcome these challenges? So this is... Before we start, I always, anytime we do any counseling, this is what I say. AJ's the spiritual one, and I'm the practical one. So you'll hear a lot of practical things from me and more spiritual things from him. So just to preface with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it works, because you have to have both. Um, I think these are two, one of these especially, we're going to hit this really good next week. So, or excuse me, not next week, but the week after, because we're really going to dive into unforgiveness in relationships, and she's really good. She's got, she's really, she's a really good forgiver. I am too. It just takes me a little bit, but she's a really good forgiver. Um, But in this, what we felt as we talked about this was unforgiveness. Um, We experience, we see that a lot. Because a lot of people carry in forgiveness, and they always want, they, and we, I've been there. She's probably been there too, but we blame everybody else. But we want everybody else to fix their problems, but we don't want to fix us. So unforgiveness is one of those, all right? The second one, and this is a big one. I don't care how old you are and how young into your marriage that you are. Unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. The majority of the issues in a lot of relationships and challenges that people face are expectations that one of the others put on the other one um, that, first off, may not even be spoken about. You may not even voice the expectation. There's just an expectation there because that's the way that you grew up in a household. You're a product of your raising. You saw that. There's certain things that, uh, that, that your, your parents maybe have done for one another, and so you had that expectation, but it was unspoken. Uh, and the other side of that, which is it's, it, all, it centers around uh, miscommunication, but it's unrealistic expectations, So you have unmet and unrealistic. So I think it's important to ask yourself those questions or the challenges, things that you're personally facing right now. Is that what that is? So you good? All right, move on. Now you got, I mean, all right. You got to make space. (laughs) I do for Jesus every day. No, I'm kidding. What kind of everyday things do you do to show your love for one another? We laughed about this one just a little bit. Um, and do you feel like these things are important for your long-term relationship? Yes. I'll just say yes to both of those. Um, 
we have learned each other's love language. So if you've never learned your spouse's love language, step number one. So his love language is words of affirmation and minor acts of kindness. So I try to reaffirm him about things. You know, if I've noticed he's having a bad day, you know, a hug, how's your day? Talking about it, processing with him usually helps. For me, it's unloading the dishwasher. It's changing the diapers, taking out the garbage. Those basic things like that. That's, to me, what shows love. Mm -hmm. Especially cleaning the house. (laughs) I struggle with that one. A little bit. Just a little bit, not much. Um, Men, do you struggle with that? Anybody? Let's just say this. I I know. We've been in our house for three years, and six Six months ago, he looks at me and he says, now, how do I start the dishwasher? Oh, don't tell him that. I told you it's going to be like, open. really? <laughs> that explains a lot. Okay, so uh, to my defense, I, I don't do know if you dishes. push the button or hold it down because it starts and like, okay, it's starting. And the next thing you know, it doesn't start. And I don't, I, I, I get anxious really quick when things don't happen like I want them to. Um, like this drum booth over here. So it's like, man, you know, I, this has got to happen right now. So, yeah, that's, that's. We don't want to talk about that. I, don't, I know I'm not the only one, but we'll just leave that at that. You're good at taking out the garbage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I'm not going to go there. This is going on the podcast. If you miss date night, if you know, you know. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we had a great time that night. <laughs> uh, so love languages are very important. You need to know those. Um, you need to know if your spouse is words of affirmation. That's their built up. Like, like I said, I can preach a sermon, do a worship set. I'll come off the stage and I'll be like, how was it? And then I can just tell by her face like, oh boy, that was rough. Um, but if, you know, y'all, man, you did a great job. And I do need amens in the service. I'll be honest with you. It's just the Pentecostal in me and the words of affirmation. But uh, with her acts of kindness, it's, it's, a, it's a fight for me to have to look for those things. It's a fight for me because when I leave the office, I... I, I I do. There's days that, that I, I am completely depleted emotionally and mentally. I did brick and block work with, with y'all know uh, the crew that I used to work with and uh, for four years. And, uh, and that whole four year, it was hot days, cold days. Um, but there is nothing to me personally that is worse than being mentally depleted or emotionally depleted. Um, and, and so it's important that when you come home, you're able to communicate in that way towards uh, your, your significant others. So there's gifts. Can you name those? Uh, words of affirmation, acts of kindness, gifts, quality time. Quality time is you're very exclusive. Turn your phones off. It's you and I. We're going to go out and sit by the river and just, it's us. Get the kids out, all that stuff. We're just, it's just us. Uh, and then the other one is touch, physical touch. So that's how you communicate to one another. It can't be one side. Maybe you are. Maybe you're both the same, but it can't be one-sided. I will say that I think God keeps it interesting, and usually the one you score highest on, their love language is usually the lowest. So, like for me, I don't need a whole lot of words of affirmation. So it is really challenging for me to remember to do that. And for him, acts of kindness, like it doesn't, if I make his coffee in the morning, he doesn't get excited about it. It's just like, woohoo, you know. Yeah. So, so I think God, God challenges in that, and then I think it helps us to grow, too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, to be able to sacrifice for one another and constantly show that, you know, we're on each other's minds. Right, right, absolutely. Um, you listed notes and laughing together. I like to leave We laugh, notes. I laugh, she laughs at me. We don't laugh together, it's laughing at me. 
She's do. really good. <laughs> and I, I didn't put it on there, but I think flirting's important to flirt with each other, you know, just kind of tease each other. I think that's important too. And I think we laugh about that. You yeah, know, we be do be careful it how you say that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I tell, listen, we're going to be transparent, but we're going to, we're going to, there's a line we have to watch, but it, it, I, I, we really want you, um, if there's anything in our life that you can use in the sense of like, hey, we can apply this to our world, then perfect. Um, and we didn't say this at the beginning, but I wanted to. Everything we talk about, like he said, it worked for us. We prayed about it. Whatnot. Still working. What? Still working. We're still working, yes, for sure. <laughs> um, but if there's something that touches your heart, Take it and pray about it. Don't just take our word for it. Listen to Holy Spirit and see what he's, mm-hmm. he's guiding you to do because everybody is different. You know, I, in a lot of different, um, I've all, I, I, I saw this earlier on whenever I kind of got thrown, tossed into the deep end and, and, you know, I didn't think I was ready, but doing what you feel unqualified to do, this is a preview of Sunday, doing what you feel unqualified to do, and God calls you to it, that's what qualifies you by saying yes. Uh, God wants you to fully depend upon him, you know, and in and, and relationships and, and all things because I, you're, you're called to pray over your, your, your spiritual, the, the spiritual side of things, the emotional, mental, relational, financial, and the physical, but relational is so important in all of that. And I, I feel like that um, in your marriage that, and I said this, and this may be a corny analogy, but with a couple one time that I was that I was uh, sitting with and counseling with, that that we're we're climbing this. I love it's one of the Psalms that talks about who may ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in His holy presence, and that that was the vision that I got that these this couple that were they were separated. It's like they were on each side of the mountain, and and I told them I said I see you though as you realize what's happened, because we usually don't start trying to repair something until it gets in stage four cancer, right? That's usually more like, oh, we need a counselor because it's like a stigma. We don't, we don't need to go see a counselor. No, you need to. You, just like you go see a doctor once a year. I think it's important to do that, but you're on, you're on this side and the, 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 as God is the, the focus, and I know this is really simplistic and very generic, but honestly, it's God is the, he's the centerpiece, but as you begin to pursue him, there's a drawing to each other where you're, you're coming closer together. And obviously, God is the pinnacle. And the closer you draw to God, the closer you come together. Um, but uh, miscommunication is so, is so rampant in relationships because nobody communicates how they feel. Nobody communicates openly. They keep everything compartmentalized instead of open. And I'll just say this. If you've got two separate bank accounts... You need to unify those jokers, both of you. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm scared. No, I think that's built on trust. See there, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. But I feel like, that's, I feel like that's, that's vital. I mean, I feel like there should be nothing hidden. Everything should be open. That's how that you build a relationship for the long haul. I think it's important. Um, are we here? So here's the next question. How do you meet your spouse's emotional needs, and what steps do you take in your marriage or as individuals, if you and your spouse are not getting their needs met, that's you. I just read that question. <laughs> Communication. You have to be very specific in your needs. So I heard a story 
listened to a podcast, and he talked about how he he was a pastor, and he spent a lot of time. It was a season where he was spending a lot of time at church, and um, he came home, and his wife just let him have it. You know, you're never home. You don't care about us, and I can prove it because you're never here. You don't care about your kids. You don't care about me. All you care about is the church, and he was like, well, really, I'm working to provide for y'all, so I do care for you, which he was right, but they were just spinning their wheels, basically saying the same thing, and so finally, as they kept communicating and and talking about it, she said, we don't feel complete as a family whenever you're not here, and that changed everything, because how can you argue with that, you know? I mean, and I know that's very raw, but sometimes you have to be raw and be vulnerable in those moments to really say, this is really what I feel. This is what I'm needing. So I think it's important that we take, take that time and really be honest, even if sometimes it's no, scary. It, yeah. We, we have just to, I mean, to share, I'm sure everybody in this room has had intense fellowship with your spouse. Um, and I mean, probably to the point to where you've said things that you, you wish you wouldn't have had. Um, but meeting those emotional needs, Crystal is one of those that she'll, um, she'll, ah, man, I, I miss it a lot, guys. I'm just going to be honest with it, tell you up here. But, um, you know, coming home and you, and that's actually one of the last questions, so I'll leave that alone. But coming home and you, you unload and rest, and, but there's still things to do. And emotionally, to be able to communicate and hang out with my wife and the children. I mean, if you got kids in the house, I mean, you, you come home and you're wide open again. You know, it's just everything picks up. And she's been wide open all day long with the kids um, because we homeschool Elijah. Um, but but uh, um, there, was, there was one time that I came to her and I said, you know, I can tell I wonder if I should tell that story about the, I don't know if I should or not. I'll just edit some of these. We'll edit these on the podcast. Um, but something specific, something specific that she had asked me, because I'm a spender. I like to spend money. And uh, something specific she had told me not to do. And, uh, and we'll talk about that. That's actually one of the questions. But, but I did it anyway and broke trust, but also began to, it's like emotionally that broke her. And so we were at a point where it's like, I, there's trust that's been broken in that area. Um, I'm trying to think how to word this, but, but also on the side of um, how, how do I word this? How you felt through that whole process. I felt like there was no disregard for my, what I ask. Right. No, you guys have never been there, I'm sure, right? Um, and so... But when you hit that moment, guys or ladies, when you know, like, oh, man, I've really messed this up, you're all ears. <laughs> what do I need to do? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bend over backwards to make it right. And uh, there has to be not behavioral modification. There actually legitimately has to be a change, right? Because emotionally she's hurting. And uh, we're a generation, the millennials and younger will just say this, we're a generation that we're more in touch with what's happening mentally and emotionally and relationally. I mean, you, we've got the Enneagram now. We've got the, the I forget what that, that color test is that you do, the red, white, and the green. You just knowing, knowing people. There's all of these things. So to know personality types, 
We want to know these things, and I think it's vital. It's called emotional intelligence, how to read the room, how to read the person. Um, it's not just so you can control, but it's so you know how to minister to somebody else, whether it's your spouse or whatever. So it's when you get married, there's a gift you give your spouse. If you don't hear anything else, then I'd hear this. When you get married, you give a gift to your spouse. It's called trust. It's called trust. And how do you steward that? After that is, is up to you. So anyway, um, we'll move on to the next question. We didn't hit the last part. Oh, I thought we did. Unmet. I mean, uh, if they're not getting met. Okay, you go for anyway. it. I feel like that's something God has been teaching me. I want to see how I want to start this. Um, if my husband met all my needs, I wouldn't need God. So I think that there are going to be seasons in your life where your spouse is not going to meet your needs. And how you handle that is going to be super important. Um, because if you handle it incorrectly, I, I feel like that could be the seed of infidelity. Because if he's not meeting it, God's not meeting it, you're going to be looking elsewhere. Whether that's in the opposite sex or a friend. I mean, a friend can even take this place. So I feel like God has really been teaching me how to lean on him in those times whenever I'm needing something that he just can't give in that season. And that's okay because he's human. So I would really encourage to, um, to seek God in those moments. Turn to him and have him meet those needs for you. And I think... Reason- and that's, that's after you've communicated your needs and all that, which we've already talked right. about. but. As kind of your, this is my breaking point, you know, kind of don't go looking elsewhere. Mm-hmm, right. look, look to God. Yeah. Um, she is, she's uh, got some excellent resources and podcasts and things that she listens to that has given her such a perspective. Of course, again, I, I'm the one that's, and I pursue more naturally, like those type of relationships books, I have to make myself sit down and read those. I mean, I'm just being honest, like, because I'm more, I'm pursuing more of like the leadership spiritual things. And so that, that's really where my, where my mind goes. And so it is, and I do, I do read and, and any articles that I see and things that she sends me, that's a way that she's communicating. By the way, guys, if your wife sends you some resources, that's code for this is what I need. <laughs> so um, anyway, but it, it's to pay attention to that. But I naturally pursue the spiritual focus, and uh, she, she pursues those things. But the resources that she has are really incredible as she shared those things with me. Um, this is a really, and I don't know why I get emotional about this one. I guess it's because you, you go through these seasons. But how do you support your spouse when they're grieving? How do you support your spouse when they're grieving? I want you to share what you were telling me earlier, um, and then I'll go from there. Um, Well, whenever AJ's dad passed away, we were dating, which I don't know if many of you knew this. We have been together 21 years, so we dated seven years before we got married. Um, I was 16. He was 18 whenever we started dating. Uh, So his dad died whenever he was 19. And I don't don't remember a whole lot at that moment. There was a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But now... There are times that something will trigger a memory about his dad or his sister, you know, who has passed. And in those moments, it's uncomfortable for me because I've never had somebody that's close to me to die unexpectedly like he has. 
So I sit in that uncomfortable space and I listen to him because in the moment, that's what he needs. He doesn't need me to figure it out, which is what I tend to do. I like to make sense of things. Um, He really just needs me to listen and for him to, like he says, he likes to externally process with me. And I will say that if someone is grieving, whether it's your spouse, a friend, you have to allow them to go through that grieving process, whatever it looks like. It may not look how look like how you would expect it to look like, or they might not act how you expect for them to act, but you have got to allow them that time to grieve however they need to grieve. Um, I would say that I hope that there's somebody in there, whoever's grieving, that there is somebody in their life that can say, okay, I think we've been in this step of grieving long enough, you know, if it's starting to get unhealthy, and then you move to the next one. But I think that you have to allow them to grieve however that looks. Yeah, and when you're, when you're walking through it, I heard, um, and I, I've, never, I've never been the type to allow grief to lead me, lead me into a place of where I don't believe that God's real or God's not good. Um, I heard a powerful, man, this is a hard one. Um, my dad's was tough. My sister's was obviously really tough. I didn't, I didn't start grieving for her, I think, because for those of you that know how 2017 went, we started 2017 with losing uh, a giant of a man, like five, five six frame, uh, to 10 days after that, I lost my sister. And then at the end of that year, a really good friend of mine had, had just fallen. You know, he made some mistakes and fell in ministry. And um, so that whole year was just like, it was like a punch after a punch after a punch. And then I, I lost an aunt later in that year. It was just a lot of death in 2017. We lost your grandfather in 2017. And so there was just a lot of just these quick things that just happened that makes you turn on the dime. And, and uh, I, I couldn't, after, after the first one, I just could not pray. And I'm a prayer. I pray. That's what I do. That's how I externally process. Nobody else is going to listen to me. God will. <laughs> so I pray and... And I couldn't pray. I was just like, I'm at a loss for words. My plans are messed up. Uh, what I thought that was going to happen. Um, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't pray. I, I honestly, honestly, I look back and I think I started grieving in 2018. We're on vacation. Maybe it was, tw- excuse me, 2019. We're on vacation. We're in um, um, Gulf Shores. And we're on the strip. And I'm listening to a not Christian song one of my sister's favorite songs. And I don't, I, just, I don't know why I just played it. And it came on and I just, it hit me going down the strip um, and Gulf Shores. And I just started fighting tears, fighting tears. I would get out on the beach during the day. She would take the kids up to the room and I would just weep. And I just began to grieve. But I've never allowed, we've, we've had two miscarriages. And every one of those, those made me so mad. Because I'm like, but you're God. You can, you can stop it. I don't know why they happened, and I still struggles with that, but what I do know is that in all of that, she gave me space, um, but she, we, we've always have been able to, like, hey, but we know God is good, because the Word says. The Word, when the emotions are too much, we come back to Word. That's one thing that we've always done, is the Word is held in high regard in our home, and it has to be, for someone that's grieving, you have to be able to come to the Word. It ha- the Word has to, you have to be anchored in it. Now, the Bible says that, that hope is an anchor. 
Jesus isn't an anchor. Jesus is a rock. But the hope anchors me to the rock, and the hope is Scripture. And so if you have a grieving spouse that's walking through that, whether it's grieving a relationship of someone that has walked out of their life, or maybe you're grieving death, this is for singles and marrieds, by the way. It's not just, but if you're grieving that way, you cannot allow life, because we don't understand, do we? You can pray, you can cry out to God and ask him for answers, and he'll, he may never give you the answer you're looking for. You may not know it on this side. And so you have to, because I'm still, I can sit here and think about my dad long enough, and it refreshes and opens up the womb, and I'll start weeping again. Or I can look back and remember when we, in, we, were, we were on Ridgefield um, in, in our family's rent house, and I can remember the moment it all turned whenever uh, I heard a pastor preach about losing his dad, and he said that um, this is a moment in grieving where I'll never be able to give this to God. You, you can't, this is not going to be in heaven. This will, there's no tears. When the kingdom of God comes to earth and we're all in that day, there is no grieving, there's no weeping, there's no sorrow, no sadness. So this is the only time I can offer this sacrifice before the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, I felt like the Lord matured me in that moment because in the midst of all of that, I lifted my hand. I'm, I'm taking a moment because I feel like this is for more than just me. But I, I remember lifting my hands and I had tears streaming. I said, God, I don't understand this, but I know you're good and I praise you because I'm confused. There's a lot of confusion, and you're not the author of it, and you're so good, and you love us, because we grieved our own way when we had our miscarriages, and that might not have been much, that's, well, that's common, one in four, I get it, but it, that was tough, because I love my babies, I, I'm very affectionate, I love my children, um, and so I think you, you have to be able to learn in those seasons, God, because it's, it, it develops you, God looks, he's right there, he's never left. Many of you have walked through a lot of things like that. So anyway, enough of the sadness. It's really good stuff. Um, this next question says, can you address how differences and similarities in mates can harm or help their relationship? Um, do we want to break that up? And- <laughs> hey, it's true. What if your spouse like cats instead of dogs? I think those all go together. Oh, yeah. If your spouse is allergic, then that's unfair, but. <laughs> Torment, that's what you're doing. I'm sorry, go ahead. We, we are this couple. We are 100% opposites. Well, kind of. Yeah. I wasn't until, uh, go ahead. What? No, you're good. Okay. Um, he was a cat person, I was a dog person. We have two dogs and a cat. <laughs> yeah, and just to, I don't know, I don't think. Uh, Morgan and Jerry's in here. Uh, Jerry, we're having a men's breakfast. By the way, a lot of great things can happen. A lot of bad things can happen at men's breakfast. Nothing. I tried so hard. <laughs> I tried so But hard. I tried to be a man of my word. That's what I did it for. So we're at men's breakfast. And, and it, Asher really tries my patience. He is happy. That's, that's what Asher means. He's extremely happy. We uh, already had a dog and a cat. Really great. Um, and, and two kids. Yeah. D- this is just... Side note, y'all know how my brain will track. Um, we're at men's breakfast, and Jerry tells me, hey, man, I got, I got, a guy that I work with has this beautiful English Springer Spaniel. I mean, he's marked up. He's beautiful. If you've ever seen him, he is. But if he would just look pretty and not be all over the place. And so I looked. I said, oh, I want it, Jerry. That's the dog. And then I come home, and I'm that guy. Remember, I jump off the cliff and check for the parachute. That's me. So that's what I did impulsivity control. I have none. Um, and so 
I uh, come home and talk. She said, honey, we need to think about this because she's the cautious one. I'm spontaneous, right? Opposites. And so we ended up getting him. And, uh, oh, Lord. 56 pounds of wildness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of hair that I get to sweep every day. Well, on Fridays and Saturdays, I sweep. So I'll let you know. I'm going to insert that in there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's enough to clog up the the vacuum cleaners. I've got a scar for that. Yeah. So if anybody has any, um, vacuum cleaners that they know works well, (laughs) let me know. Yeah, we weren't expecting that, but that was a decision that I made held to it and should have just listened to her. But there are differences in us in those regards. Um, But I will say this, um, because really in the marriage, uh, again, many of you know this already, but the the sacrifice that you have to make uh, in your marriage, many of you know that, and hopefully you do. It's not just one constantly given and one that's constantly taken, because eventually the giver's going to give out, and they're going to walk away, um, or to the point to where they have no life to give. They can't give anything intimately. They can't give anything mentally. They can't give anything emotionally, and so um, the, the differences in both of you, you have to come to a place of compromise, it is. In every relationship, and every marriage, there's a place of compromise. You walk under covenant, and under that covenant, you're committed to one another for life. You don't walk away from it when it gets tough. But in that, there is a compromise, uh, and compromise happens in so many different ways. But the differences and the similarities in, in, in us, I mean, we, we have, we're similar in the fact that um, we love Jesus, but there's a lot of differences in us. <laughs> uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a lifetime guy. Let me just rephrase that. Lifetime Network. I don't do it. I don't do, what is it, Christmas time? Hallmark movies. Don't even. Don't even. I love y'all. And I, Wait, I did start compromising this year. And I kind of get into, got into a couple, and she's like, are you getting into this? And I said, no. I mean, it's, I was just on my phone looking. I started getting into it. I was like, I hope they get together. I hope, I know, I've seen the format. It's the same thing. Every one of them, you know. Um, so I did compromise on that and watch a few, something like that, a few. Um, but there was something you were going to share I, in that regard. Part of this, I ask, can it harm? And I don't think differences can harm. I mean, obviously, if you let them, they can. But I see that as an um, area that you get to grow in. So the differences we have, you know, we, we work on... I guess, getting better and, like you said, compromise. And I feel like it. he is, like you said, spontaneous, and I'm the one that's kind of like slow, let's think about it. So he will pull me out of my shell and be, cause me to be spontaneous. And I need that. I need to grow in that area. And so I think that God puts you together with people who are different than you, so that way you can be well-rounded. <laughs> yeah. And, she, yeah, you ground and I, I, I mean, yeah, we, it's, there's a lot of things. This is going to get into the next one. And I, I, I really, um, oh, I'm go, good. Okay. Go to non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. Um, what I would say that there is only one thing that I think can, ha- can harm. And I think that is your non-negotiable. So if your non-negotiables don't line up, that's serious. So if you're single and you are realizing that your non-negotiables in life are not the same, just say goodbye. Because 
it's going to be a hard road ahead if you don't get those ironed out. Um, if you're married, of course, you don't get an option. You have to work those out. You have to compromise and sacrifice. Absolutely. I heard uh, it was actually someone that she listens to. It's been a while back. Uh, he was talking about how that um, that when when you know you fall in love with someone, you find your significant other. Um, that it's that love that takes you into that that marriage. I mean, it's that's why you 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 do that. You you get married and. Um, then after he said that, it's every day you get up and you choose them. You didn't, it's not you chose, I chose so, no, no, no. Every day I get up, I choose her. I don't choose nobody else. That's every day. Um, and every day you get, there's choices that you make. You can choose to linger too long at the opposite sex desk at work. If you're not getting your emotional needs met from them and start confiding in the opposite sex, by the way, guardrails, guardrails. Both of you need them. Um, but singles as well, I mean, she's talking about that. I mean, I think that's important. What are your values? Now, I believe that we can paint the picture for having someone, uh, whether it's a husband or a wife and, and or a future, to the point they can't. We, we make these things so far-fetched, they can't reach those. It's just, it's, it's unrealistic. And so I think you, you have, that's why it's important for, to pray, God, who is it that you have for me, right? Who is it that you, I think I've married the wrong person. I'm sorry. You know, marriage is forever. There's, there's, we'll talk about this and the week after next, you don't get out of that. There's, there's things of scripture uh, and, but, but you don't, you're in, right? But just because you disagree on, well, we disagree about everything, how to raise kids. You married, you need to work this thing out, that we don't, we don't condone that if there's differences in the relationship. So um, what are your non-negotiables? What are your values? What do you value? Ready? Okay, so how should couples handle disagreements about their finances? Just listen. That's what you do. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, especially when one is conservative and the other is a big spender, and if one spouse works and the other doesn't, is that working spouse in control of spending? Answer that. This is she, 100% right. us. Mm-hmm. AJ's the spender, and I'm the saver. Um, and then he works, and I don't. Not for money anyways. Um, but I would say number one thing is you need to sit down and do your finances together. Now, we do not. But I would say if you're struggling, definitely sit down and do them together. And the second is do Financial Peace University. It's a marvelous what is it called? Curriculum, mm-hmm, I guess, mm-hmm. to go to go through. It will help you tremendously. Yeah, um, the I am. I I um, I do spend, but I do pull back the reins. So a while back, just a little story. A while back, we're in deer season. Uh, me and Elijah jumped off. We got bit hard by that bug. We started this year, and and uh, and we'd already already killed a couple. He killed one, and we're taking him to the processor. It's a hundred dollars a pop. All right, but I'm just like, hey, we're good. We just meet the freezer, man, right? You know, I'll have some. And so we got to where me and Elijah, just to lead this up, we missed a couple. And I'm like, oh, we, we just, the Fowler boys don't miss. <laughs> we hadn't missed all year, and now we're missing. And so anyway, there's stories behind that. So the last time we went, it was, we were hunting, and I looked out back of the blind, and there was a doe. And Elijah said, are you going to shoot? And I said, 
I think so, because I, I wanted to make sure my scope was on, but I was also planning to eat that. But I knew in the back of my mind when I pull that trigger, and if that joker drops, I'm in big heat. I'm in trouble. And he and was. I, and I was hoping I would have missed, but I didn't. <laughs> and uh, so Elijah said, oh, Dad, you're in trouble. I said, oh, yes. And I, and I was like, I got to make this phone call. I got to fess up and take it on the chin. So I called her, and I told her, she said, you did what? And I don't know if you said bye or not. I, we always say, I love you, bye. And I, I can't remember what she said. Bye, I was so nervous times. walking out of, the, out of the woods. I was like, man, I done messed up. And it took a long time. And I tried to smooth it. I tried to clean house, did all those things. But I'm the spender. So uh, it took a while. But we had a come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> Down the road, she communicated her heart. And I wasn't going to be, well, she'll get over it. Shut your mouth, man. Don't you dare say that. Don't treat her like that. And I would, the Lord, the Holy Spirit warped my tail right in. Is that the right word? Warped, whipped, tore up, whatever you want to use. Right there, uh, close to where you're sitting, Patrick, I laid on my face and the Lord said, if you don't learn how to honor your wife, I can't hear your prayer because that's a scripture. And so if you're a big spender, men, women, whatever, which one it is, and the, and the other side of this question is that working spouse in control, uh, the one that, that, that makes the money and the other one doesn't work. No, you're in this together. I'm just going to tell you, you're in it together. Regardless of how that offends or whatever, you are in this marriage together. And so she does the finances. Like Pastor Eddie, you know, Pastor Sherry does the finances. She's better with money um, th- than I am. And so, um, you know, I, I don't have a power trip about that. She's just, that's in the marriage. One of you will be and one of you won't be. One of you will be conservative and one of you won't be. Typically, that's how it flows and how it works. So uh, I'm good with that. I don't have any problem with it. Also in that, if you are the one that's the saver and you do the finances, I would say one way to work on that is to not necessarily ask permission, but say, hey, you know, I want the spender. I want to buy something. You know, is that in the budget this week? What does that look like? And if the answer is no, Please don't get mad at that person because it's not their fault, right? Just because you yeah. have to say no, we don't have the money. Don't punish the messenger. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that you, like I said, you're in it together. Um, th- th- there's, there's two more, and we'll, we'll answer these. Uh, how do you deal with a spouse that taps out in video games daily? Um, you have to, you, depending on who that, you have to, we all get off work and we have to unwind. She's at home with the children. She is working. What's the statistic that you, you gave I me? think it is um, for, a stay-at-home mom is the equivalent of two and a half full-time jobs. If they're consistent and working at it. I mean, it's a lot that goes into that. Um, and so I do. I'm thankful uh, with... And that's something, if you do make that choice, sit down and talk about it. Talk about your expectations for each other on what that looks like. And I think that will help that issue with the control. And we've learned the seasons, okay? The seasons of life. You have to look at that and see it in seasons uh, because God will give you discernment on how to coordinate through those seasons of life. We're not going to have 
two children, eight and almost three for all of our life. So we have to look, how do we be in the moment with them throughout that season? Because it'll change. You know, hopefully Elijah's going into school this, this next fall. Well, you know, as everything pans out. So that season will change. And so she'll have to, she's always been a worker. She don't just stay at home because she wants to sleep all day or nothing like that. She's, she's had a job ever since she was 16. And, and it was tough for her whenever she went home to take the kids. Um, so that's, it's just learning how to maneuver and shift your life in those seasons. But you, when I come home, both of us, I have to unwind. I have to take 30 to 45, depending on what type of day it's been. When we're in building process of any sort, everything, because that goes on top of everything else that I'm already thinking about. And so my, my staff, that's why I have to learn to delegate more. But in that, you have to learn how to unwind. I have to learn how to unplug from ministry because it's a calling. And so how do I, how do I unplug from that and unwind now, I like to I like to video game with my with my son. Um, he's uh, that's something we do together from time to time. And so um, he'll ask me to get on. We'll play a little something something, and then I'm off. But I can find myself getting sucked away into a I binge stuff. <laughs> it's just my nature. I just binge. I mean everything from coconut dream cookies to uh, those are really good, by the way. Oh my gosh, I was just telling her. But how do you unwind from your day? And I, you give that space. At 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, she retreats into the bathroom, turns on uh, her fake candles and all that stuff, turns the lights down and has to dislike because she's been overstimulated with the kids all day long. It's like kids, this, 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 and this, and this. Um, so uh, you, you have to learn how to decompress, but your decompression shouldn't be from 4 o'clock when you get home till 12 o'clock at night. There is a period of time, it's called discipline, Right, set your set your yourself up with that, and then learn how to decompress. Um, you you overdo it from time to time. So, anyway, um, let's go to the last one. Save the best for last. Not really, but it's it is a good question. Really good questions. Last one. How do you deal with one spouse wanting to be sexually active and the other that doesn't? We're going to be humble, open, and transparent with you guys, right? So, um, you know, it, the, for whatever reason in the church, like when. Sex is something that is just, it's like a stigma where you don't talk about those things. Well, God gave it to us inside of marriage, and so it needs to be discussed in a healthy manner, right? So, um, do you want to answer this one? <laughs> I'm preferring my wife and honoring her to go first. No, seriously, if you want, I don't care, it's fine. Okay, so most of the time, one person's sex drive is going to be higher than the other. That's typically how it goes. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, compromise is where you meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. So right. if that looks like asking your spouse, you know, how many times a week would you like to do it? Okay, that's X. Okay, how many times a week would you like to do it? All the it? air that's... just got sucked out of the room. I felt it. People freaking like, oh, my what? gosh, they just said that? Are you kidding me? That's just you. <laughs> hey, you all leave here, and then you go watch a show. God, I'm going to preach. Hey, the altars are open right now. Let's just all repent. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not really, but I am kidding some. So take those two numbers and meet in the middle. Yeah. Um, and that is true. Like typically from, from one to 10, what is it? You need to talk about those things. Again, unmet expectations. Um, the, these are things that cause the opposite sex to go looking because maybe one is needing emotional needs met and the other one's needing physical needs met and you don't talk about it. You just, well, they ought to know what I want. Grow up, talk, 
Open up and have a conversation and let them know, this is what I'm needing. I, this, this is me. And don't ever start a conversation out by accusing in any capacity, right? This is a side note for you. This is, I ain't going to tell you what kind of brain I've got, but you know my brain. It's, you should always approach it from the side of, when you did this, I felt this. I feel this way. It's communicating your feelings, and it's okay, men. Some of you that are hard as a rock on the inside, communicate how you feel. If you can't communicate with your best friend, with the one that God's placed you with, who in the world are you trying to communicate with, right? Just open up and talk about that. It is different, and one thing that's important um, to understand is that, especially, let me hit this because there are a lot of incredible moms in this room. Um, I, I, love, I love seeing our nursery fill up and all those good things. That means that there's some good sex drive going on around the campus. I'm just going to go ahead and call it out. Good, healthy relationships. That's right. Healthy relationships. Hopefully, it's, it's healthy. It's, you know, not give and take. Uh, man, I'll leave that alive. Woo! Um, and you fussed at me. I did. I told her, I said, we got to be real careful about this one because I, you know, I just don't know. I mean, people are going to freak out. And, um, but, but I think... I think that whenever Crystal uh, and both of our children, the second time around, I had a better understanding uh, because the first time around with Elijah, when women have just had children, my goodness, guys, relax. There is a time frame there. Especially if postpartum is present, which I Absolutely. did have with Elijah. Right. That she, she really had postpartum with Elijah. And, it, and it's, I'm not I'm talking about even the, the sexual side because it doesn't begin with just the touch. It starts with a text message. It starts with having a conversation, telling them how much that you love them, working, working it all day, all through the day. You know what I'm saying? It's not, come home and well, here I am. What about you? No, that's not how this works. Right. <laughs> <It's business time. laughs> don't don't that was a good clean christian clip by the way um but but it, it's one of those things that um we you, you that intimacy starts at the beginning of that day or the day before um or that surprise date night that she has no she has nothing she don't know anything about it right it's it's just Whatever, I mean, you, you, you continue to date through your marriage. Um, uh, but but I, I think after, especially after having children, it's, it's learning how to not think so much about yourself and minister to them because there is a period there. And especially whenever the toddler or the baby has been on them all day long. You totally get touched out. And you're like, nobody else touch me. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Talk about it. Preach. Yes. <laughs> no, you, no I'm, t- I'm, I'm serious. That's... That's what, and I didn't know that until she communicated. I was like, are you kidding me? I didn't know that. Now, when Emerson came around, I was like, I understand this, boys. I got it. <laughs> so um, that, there was an understanding there. And again, there's a compromise. You, you have to learn how to compromise. It's not all about you, and it's not all about her. It's about what's best for us. Um, people talk about honor in a marriage. Honor is not about being right. Honor is about it's it, honor is not about being right all the time. It's about valuing the relationship, even though you may be right. How do we value this relationship and honor it? So, anyway, and you get to a certain age. Most of you may, some of you may deal with this, but you hit a certain age, it may drop, and for the other, it may go up. Your sex drive so may change. So the tables may change. So offer grace during those times because you might be on the other end of that. That's right. That's right. So um, we're gonna stop there.
What's her favorite color? Oh. It's getting. Do you know my favorite color? Pink. That's right. Um, what's mine? Blue and black. Yeah, that's it. Blue jeans and a black shirt. I don't know. That's just a if we didn't get your question answered, if it wasn't up there, it will be not next week, but the following week. Yeah. We, we literally are taking every question. I want to. But it is closed because I don't think we can take it anymore. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, and don't ask us to answer anything on the spot tonight because we ain't prepared for that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll be like, well, let me pray about that. You can pray about anything. Um, now, the next one, um, we want to pray over everyone, not just, uh, we'll just stand to your feet if you would. We want to pray over all of you, singles and marrieds, because if you're single in the room tonight, whether it's by, um, you just haven't met, you haven't met that person yet, or if you're single because of maybe it's a, 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 a divorce or something like that, listen, there shouldn't be a stigma on any of that, especially you come, into the, you come into the house of God. We love you. We want you to be a part of it. And God, if that's a desire of your heart, we believe God's going to send the right person your way. Um, but the, the week after next, it will, I'll have to fight to keep that one a little bit light because those are some really great questions. The, again, these are what we do. Uh, it may not work for you. Um, but I think the leadership of the Holy Spirit can direct your heart into a successful marriage, and it, it's something you have to work at. It doesn't just happen. So uh, anyway, if you would, I just want you to, uh, um, you take, if you have your spouse with you, if you don't, that's completely fine, but I just want to pray over you. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for this people tonight. I thank you so much, God, that you have uh, given us the opportunity to, to steward well relationships, Lord, um, with our, obviously with our spouse, or maybe if we're not there yet with that, God, that there's a person coming for them. But Lord, we, we ask you, Father, upon, to, to bless this people, bless the husband, bless the wife, bless that lady, bless that man and their home. And God, I pray that they would fall in love with you, especially the singles, they would fall in love with you first and foremost, because there's one coming. You're going to send one alongside of them, a helpmate, to love them as much as uh, to love them as much as they'll love them. And I pray tonight, God, even as we've had this discussion, this conversation, to answer these questions. It's very. Uh, it's not typically what we do on a Wednesday night, but we want successful, happy marriages. We want the spirit of division is working so hard right now in our region. And we want to be a house that sees successful marriages, blessed, walking under the hand of the Lord. We just speak life over marriages and singles, health, healing, wholeness. And we pray for the kingdom of God to come in power. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.